But once you stand with me for the reading of the word, I've got three readings. It's very short, but three readings. Matthew 13, verse 22 is where we're going to start. Then we'll go to Philippians 4 and then 1 Peter 5. So Matthew 13, 22. It's great to have Tabitha in the house today. We love Tabitha so much. We heard from her Wednesday night. We love her. She's in St. Louis in school, about to graduate from grad school, Urshan uh, grad school there. We're so excited for her. It's always good to see you, Tabitha. We're very proud of you. Matthew 13. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. The Greek for cares of this world means the distractions, particularly those that cause us to be anxious. Then look at me, uh, look with me to Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Now the Greek carries the idea here, the same one. Don't be distracted and anxious about anything. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And finally, 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. And that word exalt, it, it means to the highest heavens. It, it's kind of like when Jesus died on the cross and then was raised from the dead and exalted. He wants to exalt you to sit together with Him in heavenly places. That He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for he cares for you. Again, the same idea. Put all the anxious distractions of life, the cares of this life, on him. And I want to preach a subject today entitled, He Cares for You. He Cares for You. Shall we pray? Father, thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your death and resurrection, for the glorious gospel that has captured us caught us, arrested us, stopped us in our tracks, turned us towards you. We're so thankful, so grateful. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts today. And for this, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. In Matthew 13, 22, in what is commonly called the parable of the sower, Jesus explained that the cares of this world have a way of choking the spiritual life right out of you. Paul told the Philippians, be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't be distracted by the cares of this life. And then Peter explained, the proud hold on to the cares of this life, but the humble let them go. The humble cast their cares on the Lord. That's why he said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. The proud practice self-care management. The humble let the Lord manage their cares. And He does so by His grace. Everybody say, by His grace. Now, by His grace is a song on my third album, Seven Billion Souls. 
And if you're interested, you can go pick it up right now on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or, or Amazon or uh, Beats or like whatever your poison is. My song is there, I'm telling you. Go pick it up right now. Go ahead and log on. Get your devices out. I appreciate it so much. Now, my favorite definition of grace is this. Grace is God's willingness to use His power and ability on our behalf, even though we don't deserve it. Isn't that good? His willingness to use His power and ability on our behalf, even though we don't deserve it. This is my State Farm insurance card right here. Now, I pay good money for this insurance. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But if I miss a payment, there's this space of time where I'm still covered, even though I don't deserve it. Do you know what that space of time is called? It's a grace period. If I have a wreck during this grace period, State Farm will use all of its resources and assets to back up my claim and to make sure that I am taken care of, even though I haven't paid for it, even though I don't deserve it. What I'm saying is this, even though you can never pay God enough to deserve it, if you'll humble yourself and give your cares to Him, He will give to you His grace. In other words, all of heaven's assets and resources become available. They back you up and He will settle your claim. Somebody is going to get a revelation today of the grace of God, how much He cares for you. You are the object of His affection You matter to Him. He cares for you. Somebody say, He cares for me. Say it again. He cares for me. My grandmother is 96 years old. She is a Choctaw Indian. She's one of the toughest women I've ever met. She was raised in the Great Depression. She and Papa Hill pastored in Arkansas for 40 years, raised six boys and a girl, had a three-acre farm, She quilts to this day. She's already given Lyra Jane, I think I've got some pics here. She's already given Lyra Jane a quilt that she made. She quilts by hand and she quilts with a machine. She's absolutely amazing. She sews, she still sews, she still has a garden. She tells you she doesn't have a garden, but she's still raising tomatoes and stuff like in a little garden. She still gardens, she cans vegetables and preserves. She gets all the kids and grandkids Christmas presents, and she fishes. She's incredible. That's five generations apart right there. That's pretty amazing. That's a a, a great-great-grandmother and her great-great-granddaughter. Pretty cool. That's five generations standing there. That's uh, some of the family gathered together. Momo is just incredible. And when Momo comes to town, And you go to pick up her suitcase. you got to fight her for it. She's 96, Nick. And and you got to fight her for it. I'm like, hey, Momo, let me get that. And she's already grabbed it. She's like, I got it. I got it. And you're like, no, Momo, you're my Momo. You're 96 years old. I want to get this for you. No, I got it. I got it. Give me that suitcase, Momo. I mean, it's a fight. It's a fight because Momo's always got it. That's her thing. Her famous words, I got it, I got it. That's the kind of people I come from. I mean, she's just fiercely independent, self-reliant, responsible, hardworking. She's a proud woman, and I mean that 
with all respect in a good way. She knows how to take care of herself. She carries her own weight, and we love and respect her for it. As a matter of fact, we tried to teach our kids, you need to be more like Momo Hill. And when it comes to cares, though, and worries and struggles, things that distract us and cause us to fret and fear, the Lord wants us to humble ourselves and let Him carry that baggage for us because He's got the might and the muscle to handle it. It's no big deal to Him. He's not losing any sleep over those things. He's not breaking out in a sweat and wringing His hands. His grace is sufficient. And the Lord has sent me to tell you today, you need to let the Lord take it. You just need to hand it over to the Lord. Give it to God. That hurt, that heartache, that pain, that unforgiveness, that addiction, that debt, that habit. Quit saying, I got it. It's choking the very life out of you. Start saying, here it is, Lord. It's not my problem anymore. Now you've got this problem. I'm going to go to bed and rest because I've given my cares to you. He cares for you. He cares for you. I have a friend who had an IRS problem. He had an IRS problem to the tune of about half a million dollars. He had been in a business deal. It got messy. His business partner left him high and dry, did him wrong. And the bottom line was the IRS thought that he owed the IRS $500,000 or so. And he was stressing and fretting. And they were sending letters, threatening letters. You know, he probably called all those, those advertisements that you hear nowadays, you know, like every other advertisement. And, 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 and he got no relief. They kept sending letters to him, threatening letters. They, they put judgments on him. They put liens on him. They levied his accounts. And he kept trying to explain to them, this is not my fault. This is not what you think. Let me tell you what happened. And I don't have $500,000. And they just kept coming after him and kept coming after him. And and he started stacking those letters up. And he stacked them up one after another until he had a huge stack of these letters. And, man, he and his wife started praying every day over those letters, putting their hands on those letters and saying, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're going to put this over on you. You know the truth of the matter. You know where we are. We're asking you, God, please take care of this. This is not our problem. This is your problem. This is something we need your help on. We don't have the mind or muscle, but you do. You've got all of heaven's resources up there. You know how to take care of it. And every day they would pray over it. They would have some of their church leadership pray over that. They just prayed, Father, we give this to you. We hand this off to you. And one day they got a letter that was different than the other letters they had gotten from the IRS. They got a letter that said, after further review, We have determined that you no longer owe us anything. The debt is paid. You don't owe us anything. Listen, they didn't do that. They weren't saying, wow, look what we did. They said, look what the Lord has done. To God be the glory. If you've got cares, he's got the strength to take care of them and meet every single one of them. Hallelujah. Amen. Look what the Lord has done. That was their prayer From that moment on, let me ask you, what are you holding on to? What have you been trying to fix with the arm of the flesh? I want to encourage you, give it to Jesus today. Release it, man. Just give it to the the Lord. Quit saying, I got it. Like Momo Hill, I got it, I got it. Give it to Jesus. He cares for you. We used to sing this song back in the day. 
Turn it over to Jesus. Uh, turn it over to Jesus. That's my dance move when I say, uh. Turn it over to Jesus and you'll smile the rest of your day. Anybody ever heard that song before? There's like three people that have heard that song. Turn it over to Jesus. Turn it over to Jesus. Uh. Turn it over to Jesus and you'll smile, jazz hands, <clears throat> the rest of your day. Too many of us are walking around with frowns on our faces because we're trying to handle it ourselves. The smiles come not when the problem's fixed, but when you just release it and say, okay, God, I'm giving it to you. I've done all I can do. I'm giving it to you, Lord, and give it to him. That's where the smile comes. That's when the release comes. Somebody needs to turn it over to Jesus today. He'll put a smile on your face. He'll put a spring in your step. There really is a light at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train. It's the grace of the living God and all of heaven's resources coming in to your life. He cares for you. There's an awesome story tucked away in your Bible in John chapter 2. It's the story of Jesus attending a wedding in Cana of Galilee. Now, we just got done with a wedding over in Kentwood. Thank you. Kentwood of Louisiana, Kentwood of Tangipahoe, and or St. Tammany. Is that St. Tammany or Tangipahoe? Tangipahoe. So, yeah, we just got done with a wedding over there, and we've got another one up uh, in Washington today with Ben and Nicole. It's going to be fantastic. But Jesus was at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, a little bitty village, and it's where he would, at the urging of his mother Mary, begin his earthly ministry. Now, planning a wedding is a big deal. I did not know that. See, when Valerie and I got married, wow. You used to just, it was tiny, teeny We had no forethought. We're just like, we're just going to get married. Well, actually, she was like, we're going to get married. And I was like, ah, okay. And so we got married, very small deal. I mean, we had a, a cassette tape doing the music at our wedding in, in a cassette, in a CD. See, y'all, so we got CDs. We had tape players. So I don't know. So, some of y'all probably had eight tracks. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to eight, date you or anything. Some of you had vinyl, wiki wiki, you know. But we, we, had, we had a cassette player playing the music, and the cassette got messed up. So the song's playing. And we didn't even want it. You know, we, we were just, we just wanted justice of the peace type thing. Our family pressured us into doing this church wedding thing. And so it was tiny, though. And there was a cassette player playing this song that we had chosen. And, and it, it started, you know how they used to get messed up? It was like, kind of doing that. And the sound guy's up going, like, like hitting the cassette player, trying to fix it. And it, it never really got fixed. And so, like that, but, but. Wedding planning and, and with my daughter and my son, like, well, that was another thing altogether. I mean, we're like, hey, you know, we got married very small. We had a cassette, you know, like, we could go that route. No, we want a destination wedding. We got the church, you know, like, that's a destination. No, we want the El Mercado in New Orleans, or we want the 
barn in the middle of nowhere in Dallas and the White Sparrow. And, and that's kind of a thing nowadays. You know? So wedding planning is a big, big deal. And it was a big deal back in this day. Back in this day, people traveled for days and sometimes weeks to get to the wedding ceremony. So they would have a party that would last for a week or so. It was a big, big deal. And at this particular wedding, Jesus goes to it. Jesus goes to it. All these families go to it. Man, they've come in. It's a big deal. And they ran out of wine. Or as I would say in the modern vernacular, they ran out of punch, right? So they ran out of wedding punch. They totally ran out of the, the, the drinks. And, and, and here's the deal. You're like, man, didn't you guys plan on, did you send invitations out? I mean, you kind of do the numbers. Maybe you RSVP'd, maybe you didn't. But like, come on now. You dropped the ball. You ran out of punch, out of wine. Now listen, this was not life or death. It wasn't heaven or hell, but it was very embarrassing for the, for the families. Really, it showed how badly they didn't think it through. They miscalculated. Maybe they cut corners and went cheap. I understand that. Maybe they cut corners and went cheap. But it was still very embarrassing. And Jesus is called upon to do something about it. I love what he did not say. He did not say, you're the most irresponsible wedding planners I've ever met. He did not say, somebody did not do their job. I wonder who that was. He didn't say, I'm going to give you a really bad review on Facebook. One star on Yelp, you know. He didn't say, you guys really dropped the ball. Or he didn't say, uh-uh, this is on you. You the loser in this. It's your fault. You blew it. You fix it. He did not say, it's just a wedding for crying out loud. I've got more important things to do. He didn't say, I ain't got time for this. I've got to go heal the sick and raise the dead. He didn't say, do you know who I am? This is beneath me. This is beneath the dignity of my office. Rather, Jesus said to the waiters, fill these pots with water, and, and, and I'm going to do something spectacular at this wedding of all places. And the reason why is because he cares. He cares about the big things. He cares about the little things. He cares about the things, listen, that are your fault and are all on you and your responsibility, and he cares about the things that just happened because we live in a broken world. Let me tell you something. You may be in a mess right now that is of your own making. The jam you're facing right now may be all on you, but here's an idea. Go ahead and cast that care on the Lord. Trust him with it and not yourself because he knows how to fix it, even if it's your own fault. Can you give him praise right now? How many of you have ever turned your problems over to Jesus that you made yourself? And he came through, right? He didn't say, you're just a dirty, rotten scoundrel. I can't believe you did this. I ain't doing nothing for you. No, when you humble yourself and say, here it is, Lord, here's my mess. He says, I can fix that. That's not too big of a deal for me. Watch what I can do with that mess. Here's what I have found that the Lord can do more with a mistake that you made and then turned over to him 
than you could have ever done had you never made the mistake in the first place. Let me say that again. He can do more with the mistake that you made and then turned over to Him than you could have ever done if you would have never made the mistake in the first place. Do you get that? The solution is more powerful than the mistake. His win is more powerful than your loss. How can He do that? By His grace. His willingness to use His power and ability on your behalf even though you don't deserve it. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was blind, but now I'm found. T'was blind, but now I see. I'm telling somebody today, He cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. Give Him some praise. Can you do it? Somebody say, he cares for me. Say it again, he cares for me. No wonder Jesus said in Matthew 6, listen to this. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. Ponder this, he says, how they grow. They don't toil or spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes, Jesus says this, the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles, the uncovenanted ones, seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. What is He saying? Cast all your cares on the Lord. He cares for you. He went on in Luke 12, 6 and 7. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. If he cares about birds and flowers, how much more does he care about you? Every hair on your head is numbered, he's saying. So do not fear. Big things, little things, it all matters to him. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. You're the object of his affection. You matter to God. At LifePoint, we say it often, Jesus, people, mission. Jesus is first. People matter. That includes you. You matter. He cares for you. We stand here at the threshold of 2018. And God is giving us an invitation to cast all of our cares on Him. So the life that those cares are trying to choke out of us can come into us and flow as never before. I believe God spoke to me and said that 2018 was going to be a year of restoration and renewal. The number eight is a number that refers to new beginnings 
in the Bible. New beginnings, a new day. Brothers and sisters, this is a new day. God wants to do some new things in your life. God wants to remove some cares that have distracted you and choked the life out of you. And He wants you to get a hold of His grace where the peace of God that passes understanding is, where that smile comes back on your face. He's wanting you to cast all your cares on Him. You don't got it. You don't got it. I don't got it. There's a frown on my face when I try to get it. Let Him get it and you'll experience a year of restoration and renewal. And who knows what this year may bring? Who knows? Donald Trump just pushed hard and got the United States on the path to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. It's a common sense thing. It's something we all know. But there's been so much pushback on it through the years. Every president said he was going to do it. And finally we get this cat in office that decides, I'm just going to do it. And he pushes forward with making, according to the United States, a recognition of Jerusalem as being the capital of Israel. We recognize that. That's what he's saying. Matthew 24, here's a scripture for you. Now learn this parable from the fig tree. The fig tree has been representative of Israel in scripture. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you also, when you see these things, know that it is near at the doors. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. That fig tree in reference to Israel. Israel became a nation in 1948. That was 70 years ago. Biblically, according to many scholars, a generation is 70 years. Could it be that the wheels of prophecy are moving in that direction? And this is all about to be wrapped up. Jerusalem will be recognized as the capital of Israel. A third temple will be built where the Antichrist will stand and say, I am the God Almighty. And the eastern sky is going to split and the church is going to leave this ground and go meet him in the air. I still believe that, church. I still believe that. Could it be a year of restoration and renewal and the restitution of all things? Listen, cast your cares on him. He cares for you. Come on, give him some praise. Can you do it? Stand with me right now. Stand with me right now. He cares for you. I'm not going to be carrying baggage, all this stuff, when the trumpet of the Lord sounds and the dead in Christ rise to meet him. I'm not going to be carrying suitcases full of money, full of cash, full of stocks, full of cryptocurrency, full of all kind of stuff, all my stuff, my rods and reels and my rifles and ammo. I'm not going to be carrying any of that stuff. It's all... I've already cast it on him. I'm going to be with Jesus. He's the only thing that matters. He's the only one that matters. He's the one that took my sin away. He's the one that put fresh life in me and gave me a hope and a future. Amen. And I'm going to see him. What difference does all this stuff make anyway? That's what the Lord's wanting to tell you. Your peers put pressure on you. Who are they? Your money pressures, it's all going to burn up one day anyway. That car broke down again. I got to get a transmission. Well, go see Brian. He'll give you a good deal, right? Sorry, Brian. He'll give you a good deal. 
But, but, but listen, that, that transmission is going to burn up one day anyway, all the way. It's all about Jesus, y'all. It's all about my, my relationships are in trouble. Put all those cares on him. Give them to, them, to him now. Let him take it. Because one day he's going to take you out of all this stuff. Woo. There's some hope in this room today. There's some hope in here. Hallelujah. The Lord's wanting you to know he cares for you. He cares for you. He wants you to cast all your cares on him. Listen, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm not trying to get your emotions up. I, I practiced what I preached yesterday. I prayed this prayer. My life's not perfect. You can ask Valerie. My life is not perfect. I don't have it all together. I got things I'm working on, working through. I got DH to deal with and other stuff to deal with. But listen, I went to the Lord and I said, God, I'm not carrying this. This is your problem. Lord, I'm putting this over on you. Well, Donovan, it's your fault. It's your trouble. Well, yeah, I, I get that. I'm sorry, Lord, but I'm turning the care of it over onto you. I'm giving it to you, Lord. And you know what I did? I skipped out of my little prayer meeting with a smile on my face. The weight of the world lifted off my shoulders because Jesus was now carrying my stuff, carrying my baggage. I got too much Momo Hill in me. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. And then I can't even move. I put it all over on him. Lord, here it is. And you know what he did? He didn't say, oh, I don't know if I can help anybody else. This is so heavy. Wow. Holy cow. No, he didn't say that at all. He wouldn't say holy cow. Anyway, he didn't say that. You know what he said? You got any more in there, Donovan? I can carry it, son. I've got this. I'm going to give you rest and renewal this year like you can't even imagine a peace that passes understanding. God wants to do that with some people in this room today. Hallelujah. Can you close your eyes with me right now? Just bow your heads. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we're beyond a religious experience. Father, we are in your presence. The presence of the King of kings and Lord of lords who holds all power and all authority and yet loves us with an everlasting love. And when we don't deserve it, all of heaven's resources are available to meet our claim. Father, some of us need to make that claim and put that over onto you today.